Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is Jerry Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after an interesting week hiatus that we apologize for. But we'll, we'll, we'll I blame Ryan. Play, yeah, we'll blame me. That's, that's probably the best answer. Um, I've already <laughs> screamed, at, uh, screamed at Luke enough about this, so we'll just forget it. Ever. No, <laughs> We're excited. We, we said in the, in the middle of this, this 17 weeks that we had, we had 18 weeks until the season starts. Uh, we started this, uh, the team previews and giving our week picks. So we had one week to miss if anything was to happen, and we chose the second week. <laughs> so That's we wanted to make it right there. Exactly. We said we're going to make it different. We're the team that wants to early buy because we want to have momentum as we go to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But I'm excited, Luke. We got we got two teams that are high in the news when you think of trades. So I'm very excited to see how these are going to turn out as we, we have some uh, – Seattle Seahawks coming up in about a half hour and just, and just a couple minutes. Getting Travis coming back, talking to him Broncos here. I'm excited. It, it always seems like every time something big happens in wrestling, um, he's with us because I believe we talked WrestleMania for like a minute last time, and you know today they fired all those all those uh, jobbers. Today, who did they so fire? They fired Ruby Riot, um, Lana, um, Lana, Lana. Yeah, there's there's a meme that's going around with her. You, you know what her name backwards is. I, I mean, you can kind of think yeah. in your head what, and it said is AEW, but it had her name backwards. <laughs> I thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, Braun Strowman, uh, why Alistair did, Black. Why did him go? He was what making like seven fingers. I think he was making seven figures or something. Oh, you know what? It's all the Paul Heyman guys, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy. Um. Oh, it's Santana Garrett. She got fired, but they haven't put her on TV anyway. She needs to go back and do Shine and work the indies anyway. She's much better in there, that situation. But, yeah, there's always something that hasn't put up. <laughs> but we got uh, we got some Uber facts here tonight. I got two categories, so either we can do them both or you guys can pick how we do it. I figure we'll do it right about the 1030 mark so we can kind of get Travis and Carson in uh, with you. I'm sure Jordan's going to be calling uh, Doof, Doof might even call in because he's he loves Uber facts as well. So we might have like a a pandemonium of Uber facts if everyone wants to play. Uh, we an got ourselves Uber facts. An orgy of Uber facts. You are right. We got uh, some three strikes. We got some real MVP. We're gonna talk some NBA NHL playoffs to give our week two picks. Also, the draft lottery happened. Owen Power, probably the number one pick to the Buffalo Sabers, but also Matthew Beniers, the center for Michigan. Uh, it just depends. Buffalo, I don't know if they just took Rasmus Dahlin a couple years ago. So if they trade Jack Eichel to the wild baby, they're going to need a center. So we'll see how that goes in. But I digress. Let's do last. Let's get into September Broncos football. Travis, you with us? I'm here, man. Yeah. Once again, as, as I kind of alluded to, how come every time you come on, something happens with WWE? I, I just I laugh it, at <laughs> It's funny. I thought about the same thing when we – you know, when I read the news today, I thought the exact same thing. 
<laughs> Are you surprised by any of the firings? Um, you know, I was surprised when I first read the name of Braun Strowman. I was like, what? you got to be kidding me. But then when I looked into the situation and, like, you alluded to the money that he was making, it's like, okay, I guess that makes sense. But I was definitely surprised by that one. I, it, it makes me think that the rumors that are true that this company is going to be for sale soon. And I'm curious yeah, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, that's hard to say. I I keep hearing that rumor, too, and it's running rampant after today's news. (laughs) Maybe somebody come and save our childhood company because it's trash. I agree. It's it's so far removed from what it used to be. (laughs) When when, when we have guys wearing garlic around their necks because they're afraid of zombies (laughs) and that. Two people were murdered like three weeks ago, and they haven't even... Like, I don't think anyone's realized that people were murdered and they, they had to stay on the pay-per-view. We're now, we're now recording from a safe, secure location. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? This is the thing. <laughs> but oh, I'm going to get hot like I usually do. Yeah. Last time we actually had something positive because we got that great women's match. But yes. I couldn't have – this couldn't have came at a more perfect time that we decided to do the, the AFC West right off the bat because – the biggest news that came out at the draft, which we didn't, we didn't really have a chance to talk about. And I'm, I just want to go right into it and get your thoughts of just what's going down out down in Denver land there. But are you guys going to get Aaron Rodgers? Like, is this a thing? <laughs> um, I think it's a thing that everybody hopes is a thing. Um, it's, it's really hard to say, you know, the, the Packers claim that they just flat out aren't going to trade him, but you know, it's like I've I've talked with a lot of people on social media comments and things like that. You know, any GM is going to say the right things publicly, um, but everybody's got a price, you know, just like Ted DiBiase used to say. <laughs> and uh, if you send that guy the right offer, he'll get traded. So along with the Aaron Rodgers question, mine's going to be more about if they don't get him. With the addition of uh, Teddy Bridgewater this year, does, is Teddy going to get a shot to win the starting job over Drew Locke, or is it Drew Locke's job to lose? He's absolutely going to get a shot to win it. I saw – I can't remember the outlet that posted it today, but just came out today that he's actually the projected favorite to win that job over yeah. Drew Locke, which, That's you know, is – is what it is. Like, I guess that shows you what they think of Drew Locke, but he's definitely going to get the shot to do it, yes. You know, we, we obviously have a soft spot, you know, being in Viking land with, with Teddy. Yes. We always <laughs> wish it would have worked out for us, but, man, I, I love it. I, I hope he gets the shot. I hope he can do it. I hope he can take it because good guy all around. He's a great quarterback, and I think he could do a lot. I mean, you look at Noah Fant, who, if he stays in the field, is, I think, an elite tight end. And I think Teddy being so good at those little just quick slants, quick dives, just just the quick releases, I think he could really do numbers for, for Noah Fant. Is that something that could help him? Definitely. I mean, I think during the offseason they talked about wanting to bring in competition for Drew Locke. Everybody was shooting for the stars with names like Deshaun Watson, you know, the fan base was. But I think if you're going to give him competition, he's the perfect guy to do it. He's He's a veteran that, in my opinion, might be an unpopular opinion, but you don't necessarily want Teddy Bridgewater to beat out Drew Locke, but if he does, he does. And, you know, it shows where Drew Locke really stands. He's not having to beat out a superstar. He's not having to beat out a first-round pick like Justin Fields would have been. 
he's having to beat out uh, a veteran who's been he's had some good moments in the league but he hasn't set the world on fire so I think it was the perfect guy to go out and get with the addition of uh, Javante Williams in the backfield this year in the draft, after losing Philip Lindsay, is it Melvin Gordon's job, or is it going to be a running back by committee like we've seen the last couple of years? I think, you know, as far as right now is concerned, it's Melvin Gordon's job, but I don't think it's going to stay that way long. I mean, they traded up in the second round to get Williams, and he's just a powerful runner. and. I think once he starts getting integrated into the offense, it's going to turn into running back by committee real quick. And I think Williams will overtake him by midseason. You know, obviously you guys invested in Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton's out there. Didn't really do much in the draft with, with the, the wide receivers. Dick Seth Williams in the sixth brought in uh, Dukes, Jackson, and uh, Brandon Mack, I believe, as unsigned draft picks. How's their receiving core? I mean, it's, you kind of get rid of that front end, and it seems like it's a crap shot. You know, it's 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 a, it's a healthy receiving core. I think it's a great receiving core. You know, you'll get Sutton back, who you lost for basically the entire season last year. Nobody really talks about Tim Patrick, very underrated guy last year, and they've kept him around. He's he's a good target for them, a good big target for them as well. Hamler. And Judy, you know, getting an extra year in the offense, I think it could be one of the one of the better receiving cores in the league. And you know, after the draft, when Rogers' name came out, that you know, rumored to be interested in a move to Denver. I think if that's true, I think that's one of the things Rogers would be looking at is just you know having an excellent receiving core to come into. Like Ryan mentioned, Noah Fant earlier last year when he started the season, he came out as uh, he came out on fire as one of the best tight ends in the league. Statistically, should we expect that this year and for him to sustain that, or is he just going to kind of be in the not in the shadows, but behind those other great wide receivers like you mentioned? Yeah, I think he definitely has you know the arrows pointing up for him. Um, this is going to be year three for him, and you know he's gotten. He's gotten that connection going with Locke, and I, I definitely think he'll put up his best year statistically, and he's got the ability to become one of the game's better young tight ends and, you know, be known much more further than the Denver fan base, you know, really put his, put his, put his name out there this year. So, yeah, I think behind Sutton and Judy, he's, you know, definitely going to be the number three target on the team. What's your feelings on your starting five? I mean, Garrett Bowles, first round pick 2017. Dalton Reisner, you got a couple years later. You know, Cushenberry you got last year. Bobby Massey coming in from free agency. You know, you I, I, took took Quinn Miners uh, in the in the second or the third there. I think it was second or third. Is this a is this a stacked core that can keep Teddy upright if it is because we do know he has that injury history or that can help Drew Locke get to that next level? I think it's definitely better than it was heading into the offseason. The right tackle spot was, you know, the big question because Juwan James was there. And, you know, (laughs) that didn't take long to, you know, blow up like a lot of people thought it would. So I liked the signing of Bobby Massey. They backed it up by adding Cam Fleming as well. Miners, who you mentioned, was my favorite player they picked in the draft. He looks like an absolute monster, and he could he could definitely take over for Cushenberry. 
quickly too. So yeah, I I, I think it's uh it's got the potential to be a, a really good offensive line. With the injury to Cortland Sutton last year, I believe it was, um, Tim Patrick and K.J. Hamler didn't step up elite-wise, but they did step up. Which one of them is going to get the chance for that uh, slot receiver role, that third wide receiver? I think they'd want it to be Hamler, you know, because they used such a high draft pick on him. He's quick. You know, he's a he's a speedy guy who he's young, and they want, they want to get him going. Um, but, you know, he's – He's a guy that just goes out and he's not flashy, you know, but he, he goes out and he just gets it done. He was, you know, arguably the best wide receiver on the team in a lot of games last year. So I think, you know, I think Hamler is the guy that will get the shot. That's the guy that they're going to want it to be. But Patrick, you know, he's going to be hard to overtake too. He's going to be hard to, to keep keep off the field. I, I did want to ask you one more question to kind of tie in with that Noah Fant stuff because I I was a big proprietor of Noah Fant I I you know you know I know fantasy doesn't mean anything but that was a guy I targeted and took and ended up trading him to Luke because I couldn't pass up a package of giving him a couple guys for DeAndre Hopkins but mm-hmm. I mean, then he crash crash <laughs> hey look but it took that it took that much for me to be willing to get rid of especially the keeper league I didn't want to get rid of Noah Fant. Um, mm-hmm. If Fant goes down, what's the plan at tight end this year then? It looks pretty weak behind him. You know, they've got they've got Albert O, who's you know he's coming back from injury as well. He looked good in spots last year, but yeah, right now I think that's probably the weakest position on the team just because there's not a lot behind Fant, and definitely nothing unproven behind him. I I expected him to go out and sign a veteran tight end at some point, but they just you know, they brought in Eric Salbert and you know, they've got a couple of couple of guys that nobody would really know behind him, Austin Fort and uh, undrafted rookie out of Iowa, Sean Beyer. But uh yeah, uh, let's hope Fant doesn't go down. <laughs> were, were you surprised they didn't were you surprised they didn't draft the tight end? I was. I definitely had it on my personal draft board. Thought thought at least on it with a day three pick, but you know, it just apparently wasn't on their draft board. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to transition to the other side of the ball here. Here, I, I, got, um, your, I got your back here. Crash! I'll hit you with the crash. <laughs> uh, talking about that defensive side of the ball, I know when we talked to you last time to talk about the draft, your hope was that they drafted Micah Parsons, I believe, mm-hmm. which yes. me and Ryan were texting during the draft, and both of us were like, oh, here goes Parsons off the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were right um, there. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, with the addition of Patrick Sertain, and they have Kyle Fuller coming in, and Ronald Darby, and Justin Simmons, is this secondary going to be the strength of this defense this year, as to where in the past it was that defensive front? Well, they definitely are trying to bring back the no-fly zone. Going into the offseason, there was no doubt that cornerback was the weakest spot on the team. And so most of the mock drafts that you looked at had them taking a cornerback in the first round. That was until they signed Darby and Fuller. So everybody thought, well, you know, they've got their cornerbacks lined up. But apparently Sertain was a guy they couldn't pass up. I wish they would have with Parsons sitting right there. But, you know, he's – it's hard to argue with what Sertain can bring as well. So, yes, the, the secondary absolutely should, at least on paper right now it is, it should be the strength of the defense. 
you know, what about that safety core too? I mean, you know, we mentioned the, the cornerbacks, but you guys drafted Jamar Johnson and Caden Stearns in the in the fifth rounds there. Kareem Jackson coming off from Houston. It's not a it's not a sleeper safety position there either. The, I, I think Kareem Jackson and Simmons together are one of the better safeties to start starting. Oh safety. yeah. Uh, duos in the league, and I loved. I saw a lot of Broncos fans who didn't like the back-to-back safety picks in the fifth round, but I liked them both. I thought, you know, behind those two and Jackson, there's a good chance he won't be back in 2022, especially if one of those rookies stands out. So I loved those picks. They they backed up the depth at that spot well. You know, Luke, not to jump in here, but on yours. How dare but, you? You know, call me crazy, <laughs> but I remember when a Seattle team took a bunch of young guys all together at the exact same time and didn't become the Legion of Boom together. Yeah. You know, so, like, you grab three guys who can all grow. I mean, technically, if Kerry Vincent Jr. can perform, you took two corners and two safeties that all could play, you know, could be your future together if they perform well. Like, I'm with you. I don't think it's that bad of a thing, man. Absolutely. And I like how you mentioned Vincent there because he's a – He's a guy that nobody really is thinking about on this team, especially since he went in the seventh round. I mean, one of the last picks of the entire draft. But, man, I thought they got tremendous value when they took him. Kerry Vincent, I mean, you know, playing in LSU, the, the amount of talent that he played, I mean, he could have he could have been a fifth-round pick. Too. I mean, I'm I'm all over that with you. Luke, I apologize. I just I get so excited talking about these rookies, damn it. Like, you know, I, I love my kids. You get, like, my kids with – Sugar, that's okay. <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh, we're talking secondary fifth-round draft picks. Oh. <laughs> I want to touch on uh, Patrick Sertain one, with one more question here. Um, what do you think his role is going to be with Ronald Darby and the Kyle Fuller edition? Is he going to be an instant number two to Kyle Fuller, or is he going to play the slot or nickel corner? Yeah, that's that's hard to say. I think using the ninth overall pick in the draft, you're going to want to get him on the field sooner than later. So, yeah, I think he will start out as the number two to Fuller. But, yeah, I think they're going to put, try to play him all over the place and see where he, you know, where his strength lies best. God, that secondary is nasty, man. Um, I want to move to the linebacking core. Obviously, there was a guy that I thought we were going to be able to talk about, you know, getting this front seven, but I guess we don't get to. Um, but we still got Von Miller. You got Bradley Chow out there. Baron Browning was an interesting pick in the third round. I feel like he could really push to make a make a solid impact in the middle of that linebacking core. How's this linebacking depth chart stacking up? It's it's stacking up great, and I think he was a a solid pick as well. What what the Broncos need and have needed for what seems like forever is a middle linebacker that can cover the Travis Kelties of the world because they get burned. I get so tired on Sundays watching that happen. It's it's all day long. And I think Browning has a real good chance to be that guy. And if he can be that guy, he's definitely going to get his opportunity. Um, with the injury to Von Miller last year, should we expect him to return back to that um... – that form that we've seen him in in past years where he seems like he's dominating on every pass rusher, or do you think he's going to take a step back this year? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And it's, it's definitely really hard to say, uh, you know, heading into this off season, it was questionable whether the Broncos were even going to keep him. And I think it showed a lot of faith in him when they did. Um, 
he's he's 32 years old now, so you know you would expect him to have lost at least a half a step. But at the same time, Broncos fans who've been Broncos fans for a long time know that Vaughn is probably a guy to have a lot of confidence in. He's a very determined player when he gets out there on the field. So. Yeah, so long as he can stay healthy, I wouldn't bet against him. I don't know if he's going to have 15 sacks, but he could approach double digits. What's kind of a thought about that front defensive core? Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, you know, Jonathan Harris, Dramont Jones, kind of not the most known people. Marquis Spencer getting drafted really late, kind of one, one of the other late draft picks for Denver. Can that really anchor so the rest of the other, you know, the other seven or the other eight can do what they need to do out there? Yeah, I think uh, re-signing Shelby Harris was huge. I thought that was a must this offseason, so I was happy to see that they were able to get that done. Draymond Jones is a player that's really starting to blossom for them. And, you know, Mike Purcell is a guy nobody thinks about, but the run defense just went way down when he went out last year. They also signed Jamar Stevens from Minnesota. So he's a guy who could get into the rotation as well. Oh, and, yeah, uh, they did. Yeah, so yeah, like you say, they're unknown, they're underrated, but they've got such great – weapons behind them that if they can just hold their own, I think they can create some opportunities for their teammates. With the uh, with Bradley Chubb in 2018 in his rookie season, he had 12 sat- sacks, a great rookie season. He kind of fell off in 2019 with the injury, had another seven in 2020. Do you think he'll eventually, this year, will he make that turn to be that elite pass rusher they hope to pair with uh, Von Miller? It's going to be so nice to see one of these guys has been hurt every year since since Chubb was drafted. It seems like they've they've hardly been on together at all, which was the vision when they drafted Chubb. So I hope that this is the year that the team can get 16 games out of both of them and really see you know what defenses or what what opposing offenses are willing to to try to do to hold them both down. You know, because you can only, you know, bring so many blockers. One of these guys is going to make an impact. So whether it's Vaughn or Chubb, you know, you, you got a problem on almost every play. So, I, I yeah, I do, to answer your question, I do think he will. So long as, you know, he's he, he's a guy that, you know, in this hypothetical Aaron Rodgers situation, he's a guy that I can continually see that would go to Green Bay if that trade were to happen. I don't you know, want that I mean, as a Vikings fan. <laughs> <laughs> no joke, man. I, and I see that mock, too, and it drives me nuts. Like, oh! Like, obviously, I don't want Rodgers, but I don't want Chubb in here either. So, like, let's just kind of – why don't they both go away? Let's just say <laughs> – let's, let's make it easy. It's the short, man! As it's Paul Allen yelled that one time. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert's actually turning into being something really good. I think Luke just got abducted. Did you? Are you okay, Luke? <laughs> yeah, I went to go itch my ear, and the headset came off. I'm good. <laughs> I was like, oh god, we gotta call Leslie or Liam Neeson quick. Um, Herbert Herbert's turning out. Mahomes is Mahomes. Derek Carr has always shown flashes. Trash. But it's just, yeah, it's just you never know what it's there. But with 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 the team, they're starting to try to put together, and they're gonna have fans. The new venue, they're gonna be hungry. 
Who's going to be this person that's going to come out and stand up in this defense and really try to sh- – it's going to make that difference in this tough division. Uh, you know, it's got to be Justin Simmons. He's uh, he's a guy they, they made the highest paid safety in the league this year. And I do think that this, this team – I wrote an article on this not long ago comparing this Broncos team to the one Vic Fangio had in 2018 with the Bears. I think they're going to try to win games like that team won games by just doing enough on offense and just trying to have a dominating defense. Whether that's going to work against the Patrick Mahomes of the world is a big question, but I do think that's the way this team is gearing toward. And so Justin Simmons is a guy that really is going to have to – he's a great player, fantastic player. Was happy to see him get rewarded with the contract, and now he's got to turn into that defensive leader that the Broncos are looking for. When you look at the whole roster in a whole here, who do you think, if they asked you at the end of the season, who's going to be the MVP for the Broncos, the one player that kind of carried them to where they finish? Hmm. Wow, that that's a that is a great question. Um, you, you know, the the Broncos fan and he wants to say that Drew Locke is going to win the starting job and step up and and just do enough to uh, silence a lot of the critics. And so I think if the Broncos were to get to where they wanted to go this year, it would be because Hawk turned that corner and, uh, you know, played a lot better than most people think he will. So that that would be my answer, would be, you know, the quarterback's got to take you where you want to go. So that Drew Locke would be my, would be my pick. All right. Are Broncos fans genuinely happy? Like, or not happy, but that's the wrong way to wrong, wrong way to word. I'm more, they want Locke to succeed. Like, are they like, we really want to get behind him. We want him to be the QB of the future because you know the the whole front office is behind him and everything. Or are they, or is the fan base just kind of like, let's get him out of here. And let's try something else. I think it's about a fifty-fifty there, but I do see more people that have already thrown the towel in on him that were just incensed when the Broncos passed up on fields. I mean, people could not believe that that, that, that was actually happening. But Ooh. I liked the decision because Locke has played the equivalent of one full regular season. And, yeah, he's, he's had his growing pains, but he hasn't been as bad as a lot of people make it seem. And – I just think with another, you know, nobody ever wants to bring up the fact that he's gone since like his junior year in college without the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. So I really think that, you know, this is the this is a make it or break a year for him. And I think as a Broncos fan, you've got to you've got to want him to reach that potential ceiling. So if I know you said the Broncos fan in you thinks he's going to make that turn, if he doesn't make that turn, is this the last time we'll see uh, Drew Locke in a Broncos uniform? You think? Oh uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty you know? simple one-worded answer there. <laughs> but you know, to to expand on that, I think it'd be the last year that you see Vic Fangio as the head coach on the sidelines. Yeah. Same goes with Pat Shermer it'd be a complete house cleaning at that point. Yeah, I just had to ask because, like, like Ryan touched base, Derek Carr's been there, and they just keep giving him chances, and he's trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true, though. Like, 
at some point you gotta like you gotta look at Fangio and Shermer and and just kind of go, okay, is it is it them or is it the quarterback or is it both? And I think I think I agree with that. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, obviously, over the years we've done this with it before. It was a different team we talked to you about team that doesn't even live in the same city anymore. But you know we always gotta close it, Travis, with this. What do you think Denver's gonna finish this year? What's your record? What's your odd record? Because you can't. It's all different. You can't like like we had a we had a gentleman from the Niners last last week, and he's like, I want to say ten and six, but I remember that's not a thing, so I'm gonna go ten and seven. Like it's <laughs> it a weird yeah. season now. It, it is that seventeen game season does does throw things off. You've been making those sixteen game predictions for what four years. <laughs> So I'm probably in the same boat as, as the 49ers guy with a, with a nine and eight record for these Broncos. Whether that's good enough to get into the playoffs, we'll see. I think they're going to be much improved. I don't think, you know, they're going to. They've still got Kansas City to deal with, and Kansas City's still winning that division. And there's some solid teams in the AFC. Um, I think the Broncos are probably still middle of the road. So yeah, nine and eight. That's, but that's still, you know, it's still a winning record improvement that they pull that out. I mean, Sandy, see, I was just said it. I was just in San Diego. God, the Los Angeles <laughs> Chargers are, you know, Herbert looks to be the real deal. So, I mean, they're coming he up. Does. The, the The Vegas Raiders, you know, they, they got to piggyback off of how great the Golden Knights have been. So, they're going to have to try to step it up in that new stadium. Good luck. It's going to be a fun division. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to get a, give a shout-out to that idiot Vince McMahon who's trying to run SummerSlam in that venue the same day as the Pacquiao fight in Vegas. I don't know what you're thinking. Oh, wow. But... <laughs> Are they going to have enough of a roster for SummerSlam? <laughs> SummerSlam! <laughs> oh, man. Travis, uh, uh, before we let you go, as, as per tradition, if you're interested, would you like to play a game of Uberfax with us? Yes. Let's do it. Uberfax, the most unimportant things you'll never need to know. Obviously, we're, we're queuing you and Jordan. I take it you're playing. Oh, my God, he's in a wind tunnel. Yeah, Jordan's oh dying on the phone. I got you. I got you. All right, so oh, I come God. in here, and I feel like I'm like a stump the schwab, you know, like, like I'm somebody important, but really I'm just some dude chilling at a couch that just happens to know things. <laughs> you're, you're, that's the second co-host slash former co-host I thought is being kidnapped tonight. We're, we're starting a trip. Alex is going to call from WrestleCast and be like, oh, oh, and I'm like, oh, stop playing around. He's really going to kidnap. That's what, that's what I was expecting <laughs> to happen later tonight. Um, so we have two categories. You guys can pick whichever one you would prefer. Travis, I'll let you pick because you are you are the guest. I have one that is basically about animals and insects and things like that, and then I have just a hodgepodge one. Oh, we got to do the hodgepodge one. All right, we're going to do the hodgepodge. Travis, you get the first first answer. Jordan will have you answer second, and then Luke will have you close with the third one. Here we go. The first one. Men get a better night's sleep uh, or a better night's rest when they're sleeping next to dogs. To police a kid's college. 2000. No, this number two. 2000. Harry Priesty from Belgium, a one man returning to the Olympics in after finishing third in platform diving at the 1920 Olympics. 
A man once found a copy of the Declaration of Independence in an old picture frame he bought at a $4 yard sale, and it turned out to be one of the original drafts from 1776. Later sold for $2.42 million, then sold again for $8.14 million. And number four, Viking blacksmiths used to mix the bones of dead ancestors with their metals to strengthen their swords, hoping to transfer the spirit into their weapons. In doing so, they didn't realize they were actually forming a rudimentary type of steel. Trap, what is the fake fact? Uh, number one. Number one? He's going to go with number one. Jordan? So it was kind of weirdly cutting out on me between one and two. Could I just get a quick read on both of those one and two? Yes, sir. Number one, men get a better night's rest when they're sleeping next to dogs as opposed to women, according to the researchers from Canisius College. And number two, in 2000, Harry Priestie from Antwerp, Belgium, a 103-year-old man, returned an official flag, Olympic flag he stole in a dare after finishing third in platform diving at the 1920 Olympics. All right, I'm going to say uh, that is the falsity. I feel like there was no platform diving in the 1920 <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, or excuse me, Luke, what you got? I'm going to, I'm going to go with Jordan, too, because I thought the same shit. <laughs> All right, so you guys are both smart and stay away from the Viking blacksmiths. They really did that not knowing they were making a type of steel. I knew that. I, you were also smart to stay away from the Declaration of Independence one because that truly happened. A man bought a picture frame for $4 and found a original draft of the Declaration inside of it. I wish I could be that lucky. <laughs> but, unfortunately... The platform diving is correct. The fake fact is it's actually women get a better night's sleep as opposed to men. Travis, you are the winner. <laughs> Booga <laughs> woof. Nice. Booga woof. Booga woof. I thought switching it from women to men because a man's best friend would have, would have tricked it, but I always was able to get two of the three. Travis. Congratulations on winning the wonderful thank game you, of thank you. thank you for that. Jordan, I'm going to throw you back on hold unless you want to say something. Uh, I, I guess I am not the schwab in this case. Uh, you can throw me back on hold. I love y'all. <laughs> Jordan, go back up. You're you listening through the, the phone as opposed to the, the website. Travis, plug away everything you got as always, my friend. Yeah, uh, we, you can catch myself on predominantlyorange.com with fansided. And my Twitter handle is at Travis Lakeman 10, the number 10. All right. Thanks, sir. We appreciate you coming on. You know we'll talk again, man. All right, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Travis Lakeman coming on here talking to Broncos. Do do I hit him with the plight or the dirty? Hit him with the tight one, the good one. (laughs) The good one, all right. Cut that bitch off. We are uh, Don't adjust your sets Because we are going to continue Sets, what am I talking about? We're on on the goddamn radio, people Thank you all for listening here We don't have any commercials this week um, Because we don't have anything that wants to pay us to to plug anything Uh, But I do want to move right into it Uh, Get get your questions ready We're moving right to the other Conference here in the NFL Speaking with the West Carson, you with us, sir? Yes, I am. How are you doing? 
We are doing fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Carson is coming in. Go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, let everyone know where you're writing from. All right. I'm Carson Schreier, calling in from Missouri. I write for uh, 12th Man Rising. It's the fan-sided site for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so I'm just excited to be here. First time on the show. We are. We are fantastically happy to have you. We've had a lot of great people from 12th Man Rising it's wild. Every year we seem to have a different individual who represents your, your guys' website, and that's why we just keep using it. It's just, it's like a factory of quality, if you know, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. very excited to yeah, get into we're it. busy over there. <laughs> and, and I bet you're even busier right now, because i got to ask you right off the bat to see this roster this year. Are you guys going to get Julio Jones? What's going down there? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I, I'm on the side of the argument that says you know, go all in for Julio. Um, I think this team can go to the Super Bowl now if they do get him. I know a lot of people on, you know, as a part of the Seahawks fan base are saying, you know, our receiver core is good. We don't need Julio. But um, just looking at the way that our team drafts, I think we're good moving on from our draft capital um, in turn or in exchange for Julio. Well, with the with the addition of uh, Dwayne Eskridge, if they don't get Julio, do you think he makes a big impact this season as that slot wide receiver? Yeah, I do. I I think Eskridge is my favorite uh, off season addition to the team uh, thus far from what I've seen. Um, I think Eskridge can shine uh, on the inside, you know, push Lockett and of course Metcalf to the outside uh, and kind of shine on the inside. I think he could get, you know, he could get. 60, 70 targets this year and, you know, produce five or 600 yards, which would be great for our passing game. Is, is, you know, not, not, to, not to keep kind of talking off seasonly, but I just want to just clarify, cause we had some people ask us about this one when we were going to be doing our team previews. And I wanted to just get it out there for the listeners right off the bat. Is everything kind of calmed down with Russell Wilson? Are we good here? Yeah, I think we are. Um, personally, I was never that worried. Uh, I could kind of tell that, you know, Russell Wilson knows what he wants. So he finally did it. He went public and said, hey, um, I need some help because I'm getting hit too much. And, you know, we all know Russell Wilson holds on to the ball for maybe longer than he should. But uh, this team went out. It signed Gabe Jackson um, in free agency. So that was a big boost to the O-line. Our left guard spot was really weak last year. It was just really inconsistent. Um, so, yeah, I think the bumps have been smoothed out with Russell Wilson. I think Pete Carroll and him have sat down and had the discussions that they needed to have, and we're all on the same page now. I want to talk a little bit about DK Metcalf here because I'm a huge DK Metcalf fan. I followed him at Ole Miss. His rookie season, he had a great year, 900 yards, seven touchdowns. Last year he topped it and became, in my opinion, the true number one for Russell. Is he going to even improve on that 1,300-yard season with 10 touchdowns? Sure, I'd love to see that happen. Um, You know, Eskridge coming in is going to take a little bit of that uh, target share away, but, you know, we're adding an extra game this year. And, yeah, I think Julio – or Julio. uh, Julio's been on my mind all day. You're already ready. You bought that that custom Julio Seahawks. He bought it already. He's got the (laughs) <laughs> no, but yeah, I think DK can for sure make a jump. Uh, what's really going to help him is getting those drops down and, you know, get, solidifying those hands a little bit. And I think the way that Shane Waldron uses him coming in, uh, going to switch up the scheme a little bit and maybe get him more open 
so he doesn't have to win those contested catches down the field. You know, obviously this this running back has always the last few years seemed like it's running back by committee or, you know, a hot hand today, a different hot hand tomorrow. Are they just going to sit down with Chris Carson this year and just kind of go, look, we're going to give you the rock and let's run with it? Or, I mean, is is Rashad Penny going to start a game? Then next game we're going to start DJ Dallas. Then we're going to start Travis Homer. You know, like, what, what's the thought with the, this running back? Is it, is it finally settled, or are they still just loving this committee? Uh, I think it's more settled than it has been in the past. Now, uh, I know Chris Carson, he's one of the most injury-prone guys out there because he's just a super physical player. Um, so we know he's not going to make it through the whole year. But, yeah, I think this year is the year where it can finally be Carson on top and you know everyone else kind of fall behind him. I think this team is has uh, really lost faith in Rashad Penny, um, which I hate because obviously we spent a first round draft pick on him, but he mm-hmm. just hasn't turned out the way we would have liked. And yeah, I think it's Carson's time to shine. If he can stay healthy, I think he'll have that um, bell cow role this year. Uh, with Will Disley in. Uh... In 2018, his first season there, he didn't perform well. But in 2019, in six in the six games he played before he got hurt, he had four touchdowns. Last year, he didn't do anything. Is he still the guy at tight end, or should we look at uh, the addition of Gerald Everett as a more uh, solution there? Or what do you think about the tight end position? Yeah, I think Gerald Everett's going to be the guy. Um, obviously, Will Disley has some skill out there, and he can contribute like we saw in 2019. Um, but with Jacob Hollister and Greg, Greg Olson out the door this year, and we brought in Gerald Everett and signed him to a one-year $6 million deal, I think um, obviously that continuity with Shane Waldron coming over is going to help, and uh, I think this team will kind of design some plays around Everett and make him the guy at tight end. You know, I like I like you mentioned Waldron with, 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 with Everett like that. What happens with last year's fourth round pick, Kobe Parkinson? Is he does he still not get a shot, or is he kind of just fluttering in the background? Oh yeah, I'd love him to get a shot this year. Um, I know he's working hard in, uh, at OTAs now. So um, last year it was too crowded. We had Hollister, Disley, and Olson all in there. I think if Everett takes on more of a receiving role, um, you know maybe Parkinson can split some of those pure blocking snaps with Disley and really get some time to shine on the field. And then if the team doesn't bring Everett back in 2022, maybe Parkinson can step up as a red zone target. Yeah. To talk about Russ a little bit and him saying that he needs protection. Um, you did add quite a few people this off season to that line. Who's your favorite person they added and who do you think is going to make the biggest impact to help Russell this year? Uh, my favorite addition is definitely Gabe Jackson. I mean, we saw how good he could be um, four or five years back um, as a part of the Raiders. Signed him and then extended him, so he's on a three-year deal now with the Seahawks. And I think he can really shore up that left guard. Well, he's actually going to play right guard. Um, Carroll came out and said that Damian Lewis, our rookie from last year, will move to left, and he'll play right guard. But our left guard spot last year was – like I said, inconsistent. Uh, Mikey Potty was the starter, but he was hurt over half the year. Um, so those guard spots really should be pretty solid. And then I think Dwayne Brown on the left tackle spot will obviously continue to be, I think, this team's top offensive lineman. I really hope his 
legs don't give out this year because he's only got one year left on his contract, and I think next year will be a good time to part from Dwayne Brown but uh, and move Stone Forsythe in there. But, yeah, I think the line's going to be better than it was last year. You know, something I find interesting here, too, obviously, you know, Seattle didn't have a lot of picks. You know, Dwayne Eskridge, uh, Stone Forsythe in the sixth, uh, Trey Brown in the fourth, which we'll get to in a little bit with the, with the defense. This team had, you know, 14, 15 undrafted rookies come into camp here. Ten of them are on the old offensive side here. Like, I mean, that that's an exceptionally amount of undrafted rookies. I, I one I, I honestly haven't seen. I've never seen you know five on the O line, two for running back, three for wide receiver. Was this just because the lack of having draft picks, you needed new bodies, or you guys see a lot of players that that kind of got passed on? Uh, yeah, I think it was just the fact that there, we only had we only ended up with three draft picks. Um, so, which is crazy, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I really expected there to be. I mean, if you look at Seahawks, you know that Schneider and Carroll duo, they've never come out of a draft with fewer than six players, I think. And here we are with three. But you know, I think we made good picks, and then we got right to work and um, undrafted free agency. Uh, like you said, a lot of those UDFAs came on the offensive side. Got a couple of receivers that I think were projected to actually be drafted uh, in Tamori and Terry and Kate Johnson. Um, so those are some intriguing guys. And then, like you said, on the offensive line, there was the two names that stuck out to me were um, Jared Hawker, the guard from Texas A&M, that I think has potential to be a backup. Um, I don't think he has starter potential, but, you know, this team does need – some depth at the guard spot. And then uh, the Canadian player, Lestage, he's a center. Yeah, Olivier. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think Pete Carroll uh, was really into getting him. So I think he could actually give Posick a run for his money at center uh, if he shines in this offseason. Yeah, Pierre Olivier. When when he mentioned him, I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Another guy, too, that I was surprised that I thought was going to be like a fifth-round pick, Greg Elan from Mississippi State. Uh, Is he going to get a chance to shine? I know you mentioned Jared Hawker, same position there at left guard, but I don't Greg Elan, I I thought he would have been drafted much higher, and he didn't even go. Uh, Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I love Damian Lewis from – uh, our pick from last year. He did really well in his rookie year, and I think he's going to step up and have a big role this year. Um, and then Gabe Jackson on the right guard spot. But, you know, if Greg Elan can play a little bit of center or, you know, maybe Damian Lewis or Gabe Jackson could shift over to center, I don't think Jackson could. But Lewis might have some potential at center. So, you know, if this team wants to move him to center, maybe we'll give Elan a shot at left guard. Yeah, because it's – like, I love that. You know, a lot of people are kind of sleep on a lot of these undrafted guys, but sometimes you just need good bodies to come in there and push your veterans and your, your starters to actually work harder. And I think that's, that's why I'm so intrigued by this. Josh Johnson, BJ Emmons, two undrafted uh, running backs coming into this, this crowded committee. Josh Johnson from Louisiana Monroe, a little unknown school. He's got some legs under him. Do you think he gets a shot? Uh, yeah, I put him above B.J. Emmons, I think, at this stage. Um, you know, and if this team wants to make a trade for a guy like Julio, I think they might include uh, a running back in their package. I mean, the, the Falcons, I don't think, can go into the season where they are at running back. 
uh, with mm-hmm. just Mike Davis and I think one guy, I can't remember his name, behind him. Oh, my God, that's uh, true. They have, like, nothing at, at running. Yeah. I didn't even think about how slim picking Atlanta was at running back. Um, they're, they're running Mike Davis, like you said. They have a uh, – God, who else is there? Quadre Olison. Maybe, Tony yeah, Burks that's, that's who it is. It's Olison. Olison. Man, I never in a million years realized how you know. I, I knew they signed Davis because he showed out a little bit in Carolina, but holy, that's a hell of a good point. Like you might have the hot take of the night with that one. Like, hey man, we got we got ammo. <laughs> you need a running back. Yeah. We, got, we got eight at least yeah. on the roster. Yeah. I you know when I sat down and I said, "How's this team going to trade for Julio?" I said, "We don't have a first round pick this year, but we have a second round pick." And we have Rashad Penny, and, you know, that's the two pieces that I put together. And I think I'd be comfortable sending those to Atlanta for Julio in return and maybe a late-round draft pick, like fifth or sixth. And Atlanta said, you know, they now dropped their stance on their first and said we'll take a second. I mean, maybe that's the ticket. That'd be be clutch, too, especially since kind of – you know, Rashad Penny's been given up on a little bit, and you you got these – I think think the kid from Louisiana Monroe is going to be – I think he's going to do something. I really do. And I could be crazy, but I just, the little hot, the little footage I've seen, and obviously he's playing, you know, he, he's not playing D1 schools, but I mean, look at all the North Dakota guys we see that come out. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily sure. matter about D1 as much anymore. I think he's going to do something. And if you can move Penny, yeah. who you guys have already kind of given up on in a second for Julio, and you get to put Julio with Lockett and Metcalf, my God, like that's a squad. Yeah. Or, I mean, the Vikings could trade Alexander Matson in a second round pick. Oh, yeah, Alexander Matson's way better than Rashad Penny. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but Seattle. hey, this is a guy that was a first round pick two years ago. So you know, the Falcons just might bite. I don't know, and then that would give obviously Chris Carson the the uh, number one spot by far and away. But then give guys like Johnson a chance to step up and, you know, have a role this year. I want to transition to the other side of the ball for a little bit. Um, For so many years, it's been about the Legion of Boom. The last few years, it hasn't. Bobby Wagner being the only player left of that group. What should, what should we expect from this defense this year? There's not a, I mean, that defensive line, I'm looking at it and there's not, you got some recent players that have been drafted in the last few years, but no real standouts. Yeah, um, so obviously last year it started out awful. The secondary was, you know, in the toilet. It was just poor. Um, but I think this year it's I mean, it's not going to be great, but it's going to be good enough that this high-powered offense can carry us um, deep into the playoffs. Um, I think the key is keeping Jamal Adams healthy. He played – I mean, he missed four games last year, and in the – end of the year when he was playing, he didn't look 100%. Um, and obviously he set a record for defensive back sacks, but um, his play and coverage was not that good. And I think if he plays better in coverage, that secondary is going to be scary. You know, that, that front four just does nothing intimidation-wise for me. Nothing. Um, Kerry Hyder, Puna Ford, Al Woods, Darrell Taylor, just kind of a a hodgepodge, it feels like, and it could be crazy. Um, does Carlos Dunlap and Robert Kandici, two veterans, try to make a run at getting in there, or what's the feeling of that front four that just 
you know, it's kind of like kind of like Luke mentioned. This was an offensive, scary team, and now it's totally shifted gears, as you mentioned, with the offensive powerhouse. Does that front four do enough? Uh, you know, I think it will. Um, I'd like to see a couple of players move around. So um, in my world, my dream, I'd see Puna Ford, and I want to move LJ Collier to the inside, and that's our – that's going to anchor the inside, and you know, like you said, Al Woods, maybe Robert Income DJ gets a little bit of playing time, and then on the edge we have Carlos Dunlap, um, who really did contribute to this defense in the second half last year, mm-hmm. um, and Kerry Hyder, you know, playing across from him, and we signed Alden Smith. Uh, fingers crossed he gets to play in 2021, <laughs> but I'm not going to think. Reinstated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, Kerry Hyder had a great year um, after Nick Bosa went out for the Niners last year. Um, yeah, and uh, Alton That's Robinson, true. Guy I'd like to see um, Sorry, I didn't this year. I'd like to see. In my head, I'm, like, envisioning, like, you know what? That's actually – I didn't I, – I, I discredit my question a little bit because I didn't think about the fact that he did step in for Bosa, and you, you're right about that. Yeah, I think he had eight sacks. Um, I'm not sure about that. But like I said, Alton Robinson is another guy that I'd love to see step up. Um, he played well. He did, His stats didn't show it, but he played better than his stats um, say he did. And if he can get off the edge, and then like you said, Daryl Taylor, who didn't play a snap for us last year, um, I'd love to see him in a Sam linebacker role. And that's what Pete Carroll said. He's been working out as a linebacker. Um, because obviously we don't have KJ Wright, and I don't think we're going to bring him back. So, Luke, not to jump in front, not to jump on you here, but you mentioned you mentioned Darrell Taylor moving to Sam. What does that do for the guy that went in the same draft, uh, just in the first round, Jordan Brooks? Then same year. Uh, you know, I think uh, Jordan Brooks can step up as that uh, that second linebacker behind Bobby, and then you know, in those three linebacker sets, that's when I'd like to see Taylor move back to linebacker. Um, in other, you know, in other formations, you know, I'd love to see him come off the edge, but in those two linebacker sets, it's going to be Bobby and it's going to be Jordan Brooks. I think Jordan Brooks is going to play a big role this year on defense. He only played 32% of snaps last year, but without KJ now, um, we're going to need him to step up big time. Um, Sorry, I was staring at stats, and now I've lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I jumped all over you because in my head I was like, well, you're switching the one or the two with the what, you know, and I, was, I just had to Yeah, no, 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 I'm good. Um, so the, uh, the Seahawks traded for Quandre Diggs a few years ago uh, from with Detroit. Um, on the latest depth chart I'm seeing, he's not starting. Is, is uh, Marquise Blair going to fill that hole at that other safety position next to Jamal Adams? Uh, I like Blair, but I'd love to see Diggs start over him. Uh, I think Blair can play more of a nickel corner for us. Uh, you know, if DJ Reed's going to be a full-time outside guy, like he kind of transitioned to in the back half of last year, then I think Blair might be our number one guy at nickel, or it could be Ugo Amadi as well. You know, you mentioned with these linebackers, i got to bring up three names, obviously two undrafted, Aaron uh, Doncor and John Radigan, but what about Ben Burr-Kirvin? Uh, what what happens with uh, with those guys if you're moving Taylor in, sliding Brooks? I mean, do they just stay at that right linebacker? Uh, everything stays kosher with that, or 
you know, how about shift? Because I, I'm, I'm loving all the shift talk, man. You're, 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 you're pulling out the playbook and you're just making things happen right now. And I'm all about this. Uh, yeah. Like you said, Radigan and Don Cor both came in. I think Don Cor can say for sure on our practice squad, because I don't think he actually counts as a spot since he's one of the okay. foreign players. Yeah. He's one of the exception uh, guys. Isn't it? I thought he was, I yeah. think he was. Yes. Um, and Radigan too, you know, he, I watched some tape on him from, uh, Army, and mm-hmm. yeah, he yeah. is a really big presence, kind of like Bobby Wagner on the inside. So, you know, when Wagner is done, and I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it might be this season, it might be his final season as a Seahawk. Um, you know, maybe Radigan can step up, and but I think Brooks is going to be the number one guy the day Wagner walks out the door. Radigan's got a motor on him too. Like that's the other thing. You know, he's he's six feet, two thirty two. He's got he's got some a little bit of size, but he's got a motor on him, man. You know, I'm you know, you mentioned the, the Wagner replacement. Is that kind of the hope that Radigan and Jordan Brooks and Darren uh uh Daryl Terrell can kind of anchor this going forward? Yeah, I think so. Um obviously there'll be another draft next year. Um but Jordan Brooks and uh, John Radigan would be my two guys, and then Daryl Taylor and Sam, like I said. I think that can kind of be the future of the linebacker position, but I'm not going to bet on Radigan just because, um, you know, there's some uncertainty with the undraftees. Uh, but I do like him. I do like him a lot. Uh, your guys' is secondary in the corner position, uh, you guys got Trey Flowers, Pierre Desir, um, who who do you think is going to step up this year and help Trey Flowers um, in that secondary? Uh, I think Akella Witherspoon, who we acquired from the Francisco uh, 49ers, he's a free agent this year. Um, I think he's going to have a role. I think he's more of that tall, lanky Seahawk corner, like we saw with Richard Sherman back in the day. Um, you know, he has had a troubled past on the field. I think he um, was prone to penalties and, you know, getting benched at times, but he has the physical traits and the capabilities to shine. And I hope Pete Carroll can kind of mentor him in the way that he did Sherman all those years ago. And then on the other side, DJ Reed um, can help out Trey Flowers and Reed kind of broke the mold for Pete Carroll last year. I think a guy, you know, under six feet tall, with a smaller wingspan, but he played that role. He played the outside for us, and he did well. So I'm excited to see cornerback. Um, I think it's one of our weakest positions, but I'm excited to see how it takes out. So obviously the, the, the easy answer is Bobby Wagner. But in this kind of plucked and, and different, different defense that we're used to, and, and I guess Jamal Adams could be an obvious answer, and I'll say that too. If you get rid of Wagner and Adams, What's that standout defender that's going to help this team make some damage when the offense isn't on the field? Uh, I think it's Jamal Adams. I mean, obviously Wagner is so consistent, you know, hits 100 tackles every single year. But Adams is the X factor in this defense. He gets to the quarterback, he stops the run, and like I said, I think he's going to step up in coverage this year too. Um, Without him – the defense won't be the same. With him, the defense can be something that's actually good. Um, 
Wagner is a rock, and he's so solid, but he doesn't have the game-changing type of abilities that Jamal Adams has. I want to close it out with one question, and, and one question, question I ask everybody who comes on. What's the Seahawks' final record looking like, in your opinion, in this wacky 17-game season? Uh, you know, when I first went through after the schedule was released, I came up with 12-5, and five, and that's still where I'm at now. Uh, I have the Seahawks splitting with the Rams, splitting with the Niners. Uh, I think they'll sweep the Cardinals. So they got two losses there from the division. What? I have... I'm just kidding. No, keep going. I, I apologize. Uh, no, you're all good. Uh, I think they lose in uh, Green Bay. They have to go on the road, but it is after the bye, so you never know, and maybe Aaron Rodgers won't be there. If that's the case, then <laughs> it's a totally different game. Um, so that's three losses, and I think the other losses that I had were in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's the extra game that was added this year. And... Oh, gosh. We can pretend it's a Cardinals game if you want. I'm a diehard Cardinals fan. That's why I was like, what? <laughs> when he said that, I'm like, damn it. We don't want that. We want the wins. <laughs> you know, the Cardinals are on the up and up. I think they actually won't be last place in this division this year. I don't know. This is crazy, but I think the 49ers may stay at the back this year. Um, just depending on how the whole Trey Lance experiment goes, uh, I think the Cardinals can pass up the Niners and be third in the division. Um, but I I figured what the other loss was. It was week one on the road in Indy. I'm scared about that one. Their defense is good, and I don't think our offense is going to be clicking the way it will be towards the end of the season because we're installing that new scheme. I will accept you uh, defacing my Cardinals by saying you're going to lose to Carson Wentz, so that's that's a fair trade-off. <laughs> I will gladly, yeah, I don't know. I will you know that. If Carson Wentz hasn't had that time to develop with Frank Reich, then maybe that game goes another way. But uh, that'll be a tough road game in week one. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Hey, uh, I, so I got to ask you one question here. We did it earlier with, with uh, Travis Wakeman, who was coming in here talking about the Broncos. We have a game we love to play with our guests. Would you, do you, have, you ever, have you ever read the Twitter or have you ever heard of Uber Facts? No, I haven't. So would you be interested to play a – very fast game of Uber Facts with us before we let you go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uber Facts, the most unimportant things you'll never need to know. Let me flip them off mm-hmm. a of mute. Coming back, round two tonight. Jordan, what's up, man? Oh, what's up? I'll just, uh, I'll just hear so I don't get fined. <laughs> Talking a little Marshawn Lynch with that one. And Carson, Uber facts are the, as it said, the most unimportant facts you will ever know. They are all factually correct facts that they produce. I have four facts. You have to fish out and tell me which is the fake fact that I made up. All right? Okay. So we'll have you go first. Jordan, we'll have you go second again. And then Luke, we'll have you uh, bat third uh, going through here. So here are the four facts once again. The object of the game is to tell me which is the fake fact. Number one, snakes can see with their eyes closed. Number two, seals and penguins were called arseface in the 1980s because their feet are so close to their bottoms. 
Number three, ants yawn and stretch their six legs after they wake up. And number four, there is no antidote for a blue-ringed octopus bite. However, if you can get to a ventilator to help you breathe and wait out the 15 hours of paralysis, your muscles will start working again and you will survive. Carson, what is the fake fact out of those four? What did I make up? Uh, I think it's the ants yawning and stretching their legs when they wake up. Ants yawning and stretching. All right, Jordan, what's the fake fact, my dude? All right, so so in true Jordan fashion, I will acknowledge that the blue-ringed octopus is a, the real deal. It will mess you up. Very beautiful if you want to look at it. Um, let's see, so I know that's a fact. I do – I think it's the arse face one because it's kind of how wonky you worded it. Uh, I want to say that one. All right, and Luke, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with number one. The snakes can see what their eyes goes. Okay, you guys are all smart. Just stay away from the blue ring octopus. That is actually a true fact, just as Jordan said. Unfortunately, Carson, ants do yawn and stretch their six legs after they wake up. Oh, that is a true real. fact. Wow. Which leads us to two. Jordan, you have redeemed yourself. You are the winner, but not for the reason you think it is. It's actually ducks and penguins, not seals, were truly called arseface <laughs> in the 1980s because their feet were so close to their mouths. Arse feet, excuse me. Uh, so, Jordan, you are the winner. You have redeemed uh, yourself with the movie. Against- I, I think I'm, from here on henceforth, I will refer to Luke as arseface uh, in honor <laughs> of me winning uh, Uber Facts today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. I'll throw you back on the mute. I'm glad we played round two. Uh, Carson, I'm so glad you came on with us, man. Hopefully, we can talk with you again another time here in the season. We've, we've, had, uh, we've, had, we've had multiples of writers, and we never get the same person more than twice. The third time is never the charm. Maybe with you, we will chat more. Um, go ahead, plug everything you got, Twitter, Facebook, blood type, you know, what highway you take to go to work, everything that you want our listeners to hear for you. Sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is just at Carson Schreier, my name, that you should be able to see uh, on the show. And I write for 12th Man Rising, Seattle Seahawks fan-sided page. Uh, come and check it out. I have new content coming out four or five times a week. So, uh, guys, thanks for having me on the show, and have a great rest of your night. Yeah, you too. It was a pleasure. You Hopefully too. we can talk again soon, sir. Oh, what do you got, Luke? Yes, hope to. I said you too. <laughs> you too, beautiful. Thanks, Carson. Yeah, thank you, guys. You know, Luke, I'm I'm not gonna do what you probably want me to do. Just flip out. Just kidding. But I'm, gonna hit, I'm, I'm gonna hit him with this one. Bye, Felicia. I'm gonna Bye, Felicia. It, I'm gonna keep it simple. I I know you wanted me to do this one, Luke. Cut that bitch off. But I, but I wasn't gonna do that. Next week, I want uh, you to do that to Jordan when he answers the phone. <laughs> Jordan will call you up like this right here You do not want to make an enemy out of me And just because we haven't uh, stunned him in a while I gotta play this Elijah clip You gotta do like a read Okay Yeah, Elijah <laughs> That was always near and dear funny to my heart Shout out to Dem Trista one and only Yeah, 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 yeah. We got 
two rounds of Uber facts. That is a first, ladies and gentlemen. We've been hit you with that shit before. Like, I am coming in here, but we have some week two NFL picks. We got some real MVPs. We got some three strikes. We got a lot of fun. Where do you want to go here? What do you want to uh, do? Let's do three strikes. Let's do three strikes. You want to do some three strikes? Let me, uh, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me hit it up right here. Sports.com. Use promo code WrestleFan. Get 15% off your order here tonight. Get supplements. Get your energy drinks. Get all that good shit. They got some fantastic energy drinks for you, caffeine crackheads. RepSports.com. Use promo cast WrestleCast. <clears throat> promo code, not promo cast. <laughs> What's promo code? I'm getting in hype mode. Three strikes. Do you? Would you like to start or would you like me to go first, sir? I want to go first. All right. All right, the top ten NBA players who played in the most playoff games. Oh God Almighty! Luke is taking a W tonight. I gotta come harder next week. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> this is this. I'm gonna do awful on this. I hope you know that. Okay, okay. Let me let me start thinking here. Um. I don't even know which way to go. I don't even know which way to go on it. Is Dennis Rodman on the list? That is your first strike. God. Mm. Um, is Carl Malone on the list? That is your second strike. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to do good at this at all. Um, all right, hold on. But hold on. Before you go, there are... Three, four, five. There are five Lakers on this list. Five Lakers, okay. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes, he is number five. He has played in 237 career playoff games in the NBA. Okay. Um, is, is Wilt Chamberlain on there? That is your third strike. <laughs> Yeah. Is Magic on there? Nope. <laughs> All right, so we'll start at the oh. bottom. At number 10, Scotty Pippen has played in 208 games. Oh, I was going to say Pippen because of the Blazers. Number 9 was the Shaq Daddy with 216. Number 8 is Manu Ginobili with 218. Wow. Number seven is your boy, R.I.P. Kobe. Kobe. So Tim Duncan and Tony Parker got to be on there. Yep. Number six is Tony Parker with 226. Okay. You got number five. Yeah. Number four is Robert Horry with 244. I, You know, I was trying to think of Robert Horry, and I kept thinking of uh, Kenny Smith. Uh, oh, Kenny. Is that Kenny the Jets? Right? No, maybe not. Yep. Okay. Uh, Number three is Timmy Duncan, 251. Number two is Derek Fisher with 259. I was going to say D. Fish, and I didn't. Is 
is number is number one. Oh, I just lost it because Jordan texted texted us, and I was thinking about somebody I forgot. I think I know. Is number one somebody in the modern era? Yep. yep. Oh my God. Um, I bet you I know who it is too. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, who was who was number four again? Uh, Robert Ory. Who was three? Tim Duncan. Who was two? Derek Fisher. I don't know why I'm blanking on the number one. Is is it LeBron? It is LeBron James. Yep. Two hundred and sixty-five. I I overthought the question, and that's what screwed me. Damn, I came out like Manny Pacquiao. I thought I won the fight. You thought you won the fight? Why? You didn't do nothing. Oh my God! He didn't do nothing. You can call me Biggie. And if you don't know, now you know. No. Yeah, <laughs> I got, I got smoked on that. I got punched in the face with this joint. Booyah! Booyah! <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I obviously have, have punted like we did on COVID because I, I teed you up a lot easier. Oh, um, I went savage. Yeah, you did. I'm coming it was better than my ori- it was better than my original one. My original, I was doing it, and I was like, "Oh, there's no way he's gonna get any." Of- <laughs> was it? Was that? What was? Well, didn't you? Didn't you a couple weeks ago ask me to name the top like ten NHL goal scorers? Yeah. And I had like the top like twenty one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna do the top ten NFL franchises with the most sacks. <laughs> Oh, I would have had no idea on that shit. That is <laughs> If we're going that in depth, like, you ready for how easy I was going to tee you up to make you look good on radio? All right, let's hear it. Uh, I want you to give me the top ten rushing leaders of last season in the NFL. <laughs> All right, I got it. Ready? Yeah. I, I throw that, and you're like, give me the top. I might, I might miss one or two. I might miss one or two because there's a couple guys – different um i'm gonna go uh elvin camara elvin camara that is uh that is really he wasn't he wasn't a top 10 delvin cook Ooh. delvin cook was number two uh derrick henry derrick henry was number one by a mile all right uh james robinson from the jaguars he was number four or five okay okay number four or five uh josh jacobs uh josh jacobs was number eight okay um, By the way, Derrick Henry had 2,027 at one. Delvin Cook at two at 1,557. Damn, he like drop kicked people. Wait till you see number three and four, how far behind they were. Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb was number seven. Okay. See um, number three, four, six, nine, and ten. Uh, this is just running backs, right? This is rushing leaders. Rushing, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Lamar Jackson. Just number nine is Lamar Jackson, one thousand and five. Okay. Um, Jonathan Taylor, number three at eleven sixty nine. So okay. Henry had twenty twenty seven, and Taylor at three was eleven sixty nine. Which which numbers am I missing? You are missing number four, number six, and number ten. Is Antonio Gibson one that rookie from uh, Washington? Oh, that was a good guess, though. You got to admit. Um, I can find out where he was. 
Um, I thought he did over a he thousand. Had, he had seven hundred ninety-five yards. Oh, I guess he didn't start though either, did he? That one dude did. Um, all right, hold on, let me think about this for a second. I know it's not right, but I'm gonna say Zeke. Zeke was number eleven. Yeah, he didn't. killed him the first few games. You asked about this guy in our inter- in our first interview. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon was number ten, and then really? you missed. He uh, Aaron Jones was number four. Mike was Mike Davis number the other one. Nope. Uh, Aaron Jones was number four, and then David Singletary was number six. Yeah, I would have never guessed David. I was going to say that's the one I wouldn't. I should have guessed Aaron Jones. He's on my fantasy football team. Yeah, I thought you would have had. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Kyler Murray had more running yards than Antonio Gibson did. Weird. He, like, killed it for a few weeks. Like, that's all right. Zeke and, uh, <laughs> Zeke and Saquon about to be number one and two next season, baby. <laughs> You better hope. Cause hey, Shout out to we need a we need a fourth now on our or we need a tenth on our fantasy league since we had the uh, the Booga Wolf expedition leave the ballpark. When did she leave? She didn't message the group. No, she didn't mention the group. She mentioned me privately. Oh, I fine. Fuck her then. Yeah, I was oh. like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> let me pull this up. She she goes, I'll be in Vegas those days, so I can't do the draft. I'm fine with. I'm fine if someone else wants to take my team. I say, hey, good. Good goes, all I do is lose $20 a year anyway, LOL. And I said, yeah, I guess. What a bug woof Yeah, bug off, <laughs> flipping woof. Since um, we both talk avid, huh? Before we, we, since we both know football pretty good, for, for the Keeper League, would it be crazy if I kept Zeke, Saquon, and Aaron Jones? No, I mean you got your two running backs and flags. Uh, that's crazy though. I just uh, I'm gonna think about this. That's that's a hell of a running back core. Right. But, I mean, what you know, like how many what rounds do you lose? At first, first, you don't know, have those, those are my first three picks: first, second, third. So you got to look at it this way: Is Zeke or Barkley worth a second round pick? Yeah. Is Aaron Jones worth a third-round pick? Yeah, that's where I drafted him last year. Yeah, so that's the way you got to look at it. It's like, if they're all worth the pick. I might. I might. I might be. All right. By the way, anybody listening, get your, get your keepers in. you got a month. <laughs> <laughs> you're, if you're in the, the Minnesota Geek so, so who's taking her spot? Do you have someone? No, I we'll have to figure this out. We're gonna have to go into this uh, coming right, up. Let's create an ad for next week for the show, and we can play it like as a commercial. <laughs> I would love it if Alex would come back to the league, but we'll see what happens here. Shout out to Jordan who uh, uh, confiscated us from an old man a podium. Once he yeah. gets painted, once Jordan gets it painted black, we will have the logo applied to it, as we are going to have the trillest draft any of y'all have ever seen we're we may stream the draft on twitch everyone's gonna have personalized draft note cards that they can hand to our our fake commissioner Cesar de los santos this draft is gonna be trill as shit but i expect everybody to Turn on twitch.tv forward slash WrestleCast. Watch the draft. Watch the draft. Also, watch Pro Wrestling Summit every Friday night, 10 p.m. Central Time. With that being said, I do got to ask you a question. 
Mr. Luke. Luke and Duke. Luke and Duke. No, it's not this. Oh, my man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar. Like Aguilar. <laughs> but I got to ask you this one. Real MVP coming in sponsored by ProWrestlingTees.com. Use ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash WrestleCast. Get yourself a t-shirt. Luke, what is your real MVP for the week? My real MVP for the week is my boy, Trey Young. Savage Trey Young. Man, that man averaged 25 points per game versus the Knicks. And every game, he was just talking. I'll catch you in the A. (laughs) I think my favorite part of the series was was when they were all yelling, F Trey Young at the Garden. And he looked at Spike Lee and gave him a smile like, keep talking shit, bitch. (laughs) Um, I had a couple that I was going to say, Carey Price for leading Montreal, who was down in the series, into the win, who's, who beat Winnipeg 2. Montreal 5-3 gets the victory tonight over the Jets. That was going to be my thought. Luca right now with an eight-point lead over the Clippers. Let's go. Let's beat the Clippers. Uh, Utah won their series. But, oh, and Atlanta won the series tonight, by the way. Uh, yeah, Trump, I didn't see that, yep. 36 points, and then he bows to the Madison Square Garden crowd after doing it. Like I said, man's a savage. Sad. Um, My real MVP, and we could maybe even touch on this a little bit, uh, goes to the one and only Taylor Hall. Y'all remember Taylor Hall, right? Former first uh, number number one overall pick by the Edmonton Oilers. And then he played for the Devils, right? Maybe that too, yep. right? Yep. He uh, on the on the Oilers, he got them Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins with the number one pick. On the Devils, the year he played there, he got them the number one pick in um, Jack Hughes. And as we found out tonight, he played on Buffalo last year. And now the Sabers once again got the number one pick. Taylor Hall now has played on three different franchises, and they've all got the number one pick in the draft with him in their lineup. Man, he should come play for the Wild. <laughs> uh, which, which kind of ties into what, what, what it was I'm kind of confused about. I think next week we're going to break the bank because it's going to cost us so much money, and it's about to get real buck wild. Like, next week, Luke, it's about to get uh, – let me get the clip for you. Um, where'd the clip go? Damn, I can't. I, I think the clip is all. We're gonna get this next week, ma'am. In this brochure, it says this tour is crunk. <laughs> Aside from the two NFL previews, I think we're gonna bring our guy Chris Ransom from Draft Utopia on the show because we are gonna have a 2021 NHL draft preview. Luke, start taking notes. The number one pick, Buffalo Sabres, what do they do? Do they take Owen Power from the University of Michigan to put him with Rasmus Dahlin as their starting defensive course? Owen Power, 6'6", 215, plays like Victor Hedman. 
Otherwise, that same Michigan Wolverine team has a solid center by the name of Matthew Beneers, who could go number one because the Sabres, yes, they have Casey Middlestat, but they may need a center because there is rumors, folks. There is big rumors that the Sabres may trade Jack Eichel and the, and the Minnesota Wild might be that team to get him. Well, they need to get someone. Well, they got Kirill Kapitov, man. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, but one person can't win a Stanley Cup. They went to seven games against Vegas. Yeah, it's because Vegas sucks, too. Vegas, they're, they might be Colorado tonight. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, like don't deflect. Look, it, it, like, uh, Beneers is the top center in this draft. I think otherwise, if he doesn't go to Buffalo, myself, Jordan, and Jonathan Dufresne's new favorite franchise, the Seattle Kraken, may take Matthew Beneers at number two. I think that's a very solid choice that you could grab, especially if you don't take Jesper Wallstedt, the goalie, who's playing in Lulela over in the Swedish Hockey Federation. Can you say his but name I'm, again? Jesper Wallstead. No, no, the Lulela. Lulela in the Swedish Hockey League. But I'm just saying, I I think Berniers could go number one, which if the Kraken landed Owen Power Dios, Mios, let's go. Owen Power's going to beat their ass, bro. The Kraken got tight ass jersey. Oh, shit, Kraken got. (laughs) What's that? I said the Kraken have tight ass jerseys. Yeah, they do. We told you we're jumping on that bandwagon, and you you shunned us, my 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 dude. That's because you, you guys want to get matching jerseys and hold hands at the games. Uh, no one said anyone holding hands. Yeah, I would not put it past. Well, look, if you go to a wild game, everybody wears a wild jersey, right? Yeah, but What's the they don't get matching. You know what? Are you and Doof gonna wear some matching soccer jerseys to a soccer game? No, we didn't. We had different players. We had Tor, Fernando Torres and Stephen Gerard, Stephen Gerard. Yeah, but you guys ordered them together. I've never in my life, Ryan, sat at a computer with a friend and been like, "Let's let's get Minnesota Viking jerseys um, together. Let's well, make sure they're both purple." <laughs> you you did order a Saquon Barkley and a JJ Watt at the same time. I did, but two different so you teams. Did they're not the matching. With they're not to matching. Jerseys. Well, no, I understand that. I understand that. But, hey, if we had tickets to a Vikings game and we drafted Justin Fields, you mean to tell me you would have said, Ryan, we're going to that game. Let's get Fields jerseys. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't care what you did, but, yes, I would have bought myself a Fields jersey. And what if I wore a Fields jersey, too? I'd have to change my fucking outfit. Well, I'm so glad that you will make an exception for us. <laughs> also, Luke Hughes, the younger brother of Quinn and Jack Hughes, uh, is going to be right there at the top. Uh, Simon Edvinson, another uh, defenseman from Frolunda, same place that Rasmus Stalin played in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, William Eklund, another center left wing coming out of the Swedish, Swedish Hockey League. And, you know, as I mentioned, Jesper Wallstead. There's a lot of these players, like there's a good chance that the U.S. could produce the the top three picks in the draft. Like, that's crazy, right? That is crazy because, I mean, the U.S. is good at hockey, but we're not known for hockey. There's, there's also another kid from Michigan who could sneak, like the Michigan Wolverines could produce three top ten picks this year. That's crazy. Top, top yeah, ten? 
Yeah, it's insane. Like, like I, I honestly think Owen Power and Matthew Beneers, who are both from Michigan, are going to be the top two picks in the draft. It would be great. It would be great if the Kraken got Beneers, but I would love Owen Power. I'm hoping Buffalo doesn't take Owen, Owen Power. But once again, as I said, Jesper Wallstead's going to be right there. Brant Clark is another kid from the Slovakian League, the HC Nova. There's a lot of really good talent in this draft. And now that we had the mock today, everything is starting to slowly pan out. The wild look uh, looks as to be, that we're going to pick at number 22. Um, what is your thoughts, Sebastian Kosa? Goalie from the from Edmonton, the uh, the Western Hockey League. That could be our play. Do you want us to take a goalie? No, I don't want. Uh, just Cam Tablet leave at Tal Tablet Talbit leave at the end of no, this season. No, I think Talbot signed like a four year deal. And we have uh, Kakinen still, right? Mm-hmm. I say leave the goalies the way they are. Then. Yeah, I've heard I, a lot of. I've heard a lot of talks that they're going to try to ditch Parise in the in a trade this year. So, maybe, you know, maybe they maybe they leave Parise open to go to uh, the Kraken. Yeah, maybe because we can. How many people can you protect in expansion drafts? You can protect um, eight skaters and a goalie, or six forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. So you can do six and three or four and four, essentially. Yeah. I don't know. I I kind of like to see him get another defenseman because Suter's on his way out eventually. I I'd imagine Dumba is going to go to the Kraken because I have a feeling they're not going to protect him. Well, I, I you know, and and I think this is good chatter. I'm kind of interested in in looking at this here. If you were to look at our depth chart, who do you keep? Do you, are you listening to the show in the background? Me, no. Okay. Some reason I'm getting echo. I apologize. If you could, if you choose to keep six forwards and three defense, would you would you do six forwards three defensemen, or would you just let do me, eight meters? Hold on, let me uh, let me pull this. Let me pull this. Because here's my question: bit. Is you're keeping Jared Spurgeon, right? Yeah. Are you keeping Matt Dumba? No. Oh, you're willing to let Dumba walk. I think I think my six forward I do I think I do six forwards, three defensemen, and you said one goalie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's one goalie regardless. Yep. So the goalie I think I'd keep is Kakinen because he's younger. Yep, Kakinen let let Cam Talbot go. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I think the six forwards I'd keep are Erickson Eck. Yeah, you got to keep Eck. Uh, uh, Kaprizov. Now, now, Kaprizov, you don't have to keep because he's in his entry-level deal, so he doesn't count. Okay, so he doesn't count. Okay, cool. No, that's so, the interesting one. Okay. So I'd keep Erickson Eck, Fiala. Yep. Uh, are you keeping Jordan Greenway? I think, yep, Greenway. Felino, Felino, and I would. Are you keeping Victor Rask? I was gonna say yeah, Victor Rask, and I think the sixth is going to be either Bukestead or Benino. I'm fine with either of those. If anyone wants to take Parise or Zuccarello, cool. Yeah. You're taking a you're taking a bunch of cap off our hands. 
And then I think my three defensemen are Spurgeon, Brodeen, and uh, Susie. See, I, I think I'm keeping Spurgeon, Dumba, and Brodeen. I just think Dumbo makes too many mistakes. Like, when he's great, he's great. But, like, I think the bads outweigh the greats. You know, everybody said that about Alex Tuck, and look what he did in Vegas. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, he, he single-handedly almost beat us. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think, I don't think anyone drafts Carson. I, I think there's a chance we could let Suter and, and Parisi not get get kept, and I think there's a chance that they would take one of them. Yeah. <clears throat> Which would be fantastic. Because then you figure once they take one, we get everybody else that comes back. Yeah. Um, They can't take Marco Rossi. They can't take Matthew Boldy, our last two first-round picks. So those guys are untouched. Don't have to worry about that. Um, And I, I think when it comes to the – to the thought of trying to trade for Jack Eichel, that's going to be first round pick Kevin Fiala. You're going to, you know, you're going to need to put some equity in there. But man, if we could get Jack Eichel to play with, put on the same line as Kirill Kaprizov. No, that'd be really good. Yeah. Caprice Oh my God. Let's, let's go. Jack Eichel's number two pick in the draft to uh, Connor McDavid. I mean, I love Connor McJesus. <laughs> that dude's a star, man. So, I don't know. It it, it just kind of like, it, it's got to be interesting. I'm going to reach out to Ransom. I want to talk some NHL draft next week. I really do. I'm intrigued by it. I um, Usually, we we bring him on after to discuss the the draft and who went where and, like, his thoughts. But I think we got a double time. I want to do a an, an NHL draft preview because it's coming up. Um. June 21st is the expansion draft uh, for the Seattle Kraken. And then the um, uh, Friday, July 23rd, two days later, will be the NHL draft. So I think a lot of what the Kraken are going to do is going to depend what happens with what they get in that expansion draft. Um, I, I think, too it would be fun to do, do some deep NHL talk on Wednesday, the 21st. That's the night of the expansion draft. We can break down the Kraken and uh, we can kind of talk about it. So maybe we get a Kraken, uh, Kraken right around that night. Only if you get the dude from, what's the name of that movie? Uh, the Titans movie where he yells, release the Kraken. Oh, Clash of the Titans? That's it. There we go. <laughs> so I think the 19th, we'll, we'll start. We're going to ha- or the 21st, we're going to deep dive into getting a, a. You're breaking out. You're breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to crack it right in here on the 21st. NHL here. I'm just kind of. Full on. <laughs> um, but. Let's talk to our uh, NFL week two picks, Luke. Uh, we did our week one last week. Um, starting out Thursday night football, we got the New York football giants taking on the Washington football team. Oh, no. Either I left or Luke left. Let's find out. And they hit 
And we lost Luke. <laughs> Luke, is, Luke is gone. Luke is gone. There you go. Luke, go. Luke Gilbert has dropped. Dios amigo. I just, like like I said, I you know, talking about that NHL, I think it's crazy that Michigan's going to have potentially three guys in the top ten. I've seen some having three in the top five. Um, Owen Power is, I mean, he's the deal, guys. I'm not, I'm not kidding with you. Owen Power is going to be very good. I think Matthew Beneers is going to be a fantastic center. But let's not forget Luke Hughes, younger brother of Quinn Hughes, younger brother of Jack Hughes. He's going to be tough. There's some decent, decent players in this draft here. I think we got Luke. I think Luke's back. I'm here. I'm here. He's arrived. Acclaimed has arrived. He's I have acclaimed. the winning. He's going with the, the New York football giants. I will also go with the New York football giants on that one. Uh, next up, we have the New England Patriots taking on the New York Jets. I have the New England Patriots winning that game. I'm going Jets, baby. I'm going upset alert. I'm going upset, upset alert. alert. Zach Wilson? I, you got faith in Zach Wilson? <laughs> no, but I just like cheering against the Patriots. <laughs> um, you know, you look at our week one picks that we had. And, uh, what, what did we have? We had uh, – I think I'm we only like disagreed on one of them. Yeah, Seahawks. I went Seahawks. You went Colts. Just like uh, just like Carson Schroeder said, he went he went Colts as well. Uh, I went Lions. You went Niners. Um, we both went Dolphins over the Patriots. That's what it was. And we both had the Jets into the Panthers. Uh, Broncos and Jaguars. What do you got? Uh, I have the Jaguars winning. Oh, he's going Jacksonville. I'm going to go Denver. I'm going to flip it on that one. Uh, then we have the Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins. I have the Buffalo Bills. I as well have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. I have the 49ers winning. Oh, I'm going to go Eagles. I'm going to my boy Jalen Hurts, baby. <laughs> Hurts killing it. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I have the Rams winning. I also have the Rams winning. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got the Steelers winning. I am going to go with the Raiders getting the victory on that one. I wanted to go with the Raiders, but I just think the Steelers defense is too good. Uh, this is one that I didn't write down because I don't know how to go about it, but I'm going to pick it right now. Bengals and Bears. I did the Bears. Did the Bears. I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going to go Joe Burrow on this one. Uh, Houston Texans taking on the Cleveland Browns. I got the Browns winning. I also have the Browns winning that one. Uh, the New Orleans Saints taking on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I have the Carolina Panthers winning. I do as well. I think they're going to beat the Saints. I I don't disagree on that one. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got the Buccaneers. I do too. I don't think that was too tough. Uh, the Tennessee Titans taking on the Seattle Seahawks. 
I have Jordan Jiskra's Tennessee Titans. Ooh, I'm going to go Seattle on that one. I know I'm probably not the pop pick on it, but I'm going to go Seattle on that one. Uh, Dallas Cowboys against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers. I'm going to go Cowboys on that one. So we're, we're, we got a lot of differentiate. Uh, different type picks on this one. Uh, next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs as well. Then we have the Detroit Lions taking on the Green Bay Packers. The Packers. And then lastly, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the the Arizona Cardinals. I got the Arizona Cardinals winning. I also have the Arizona Cardinals winning. I just wanted to leave that one to the end in case. Um, next week, I will not. I will have our win loss records going on uh, as to what we have uh, kind of set up here for everybody. NFL picks. Save that on there for it. We got eighteen Saved minutes. It. Left to go. We've hit a boober fax. We hit up three strikes. We hit a real MVP. Luke, is there anything else you want to dive into, talk about tonight? Um, let me think about it here. Let me see. We could talk about how Daniel Hunter is not going to be a Minnesota Viking this season. Because his ass is going to get traded because he doesn't show up to anything. Okay, explain. I, he just didn't show up. To, I know they're volunteer, but uh, he didn't show up to the volunteer OTAs. And Zimmer announced today he hasn't had any contact with him. So I'm a, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that he's going to be like Le'Veon Bell and be like, nah, I want money, so I ain't going to play. The Dallas Mavericks are up by three points, eight seconds left, as they are about to take a 3-2 lead over the Clippers, which I find interesting because the Mavericks are going to be 3-0 in L.A., and L.A. is about to be, or LA is 2-0 in Dallas. The road team has won every game in this series. That's crazy. 8.8 seconds left. Mavericks are up by three. That's because um, Luka is the real deal. Luka's got, Luka's got a ton. What is Luka? Luka's got 42 points right now, 14 assists, 8 rebounds. My boy Luca. <laughs> uh, Coach K is gonna retire. Yeah, that's after next season though, right? Not right now. Yeah. Is that the hardest job to live up to in the history of sports? Yes, until Bill Belichick retires. <laughs> that's fair. I, I didn't think of it that way. That's an interesting yeah. take. They, uh, they like, announced who's going to take a spot. I forgot his name, though. That's going to take uh, Coach K's spot? Yeah, I think it's, like, an assistant right now. It starts like a sh- – like Oh, John Shire. That's John Shire. it. Like, there yep. you go. Wow, that, that's just crazy, though. Um, It'll be interesting to see what the recruiting to that school is like because there's a lot of kids that go to that school just to play for him. Yeah. Like, Zion went there to play for Coach K. So, like, if he wasn't there, like, would he have went there? Who knows? Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Um, 
I'm trying to think of just some other stuff like going on. I mean, Sixers won their series. Hawks won their series tonight. Um, Utah Hawks. won their series. Oh. Dodgers just beat the Cardinals 14 to three. Remember when you said you weren't scared of the Giant, the Jazz, and then they won their series? Uh, I mean, Memphis. Are 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 you are you scared of the Suns now, Ryan? Let's talk about that. You know they're they're a good team, but <laughs> I mean Charles Barkley called him himself. <laughs> By the way, the Dodgers scored eleven runs in the first inning tonight. Yeah, I heard Cardinals. that shit. That shit's crazy. <laughs> Bellinger had six RBIs in the first inning. Well, he had a great um, yeah, he had a grand slam, right? Yep. Um. Charles Barkley said it himself. He said the thing that hurts the Lakers is that they can't rely on the guy named Street Clothes. And he referred, joke, he, he referred to Anthony Davis as Street Clothes. How many years are left on Anthony Davis's contract? Three, I think. Three? Oh, okay, so he is there for a while. Is LeBron's contract almost done now? Uh, LeBron only signed a two-year deal. With a, he signed a two a two plus two, I think. Yeah, and it's his choice if he wants to leave, though. Yeah. Gotcha. Do um, you think he leaves this off season if they don't win the championship? So, so LeBron's gonna make LeBron is signed up for the next two years. He's thirty nine this year, forty one next year, forty five or forty four in twenty twenty two. Okay. Um, gotcha. Anthony Davis is thirty three this year, thirty five five. 38, and then 40. Um, Davis doesn't have an option either on his. No, he's just stuck there unless he gets traded. <laughs> yeah, he has, he has a player option in 2024. So, gotcha. he's got three more years with the Lakers. Gotcha, like, gotcha, gotcha. Like, dude, I, I love Anthony Davis, man. He's so good. But, my God, he can't stay healthy. No, he can't. Not at all. What's wrong with him now? He has like a pulled groin, right? Or something like that? Yeah, apparently rumors are he may play game six. And yeah, I you think... almost need that. He's questionable for game six. Um, his left groin strain and Catavius Caldwell Pope left knee contusion are questionable for game six against the Suns at Staples. Yeah. That's tomorrow night. Uh, Chris Paul's listed as probable for tomorrow. Chris Paul's a fucking gangster. <laughs> it's like Phoenix is just tough, man. Devin Booker is tough. And the Mavericks, 105-100, defeat the Clippers. The Clippers are now on the brink of elimination as they are now down three games to two in the series. Let's go. I love when the Clippers clip and they eat off the kids' table. Everyone's going to clown me and go, well, the Lakers didn't win either. Yeah, but they won the title last year. The Clippers have never made it out of the second round of the playoffs. That's because Kawhi sucks. Oh, damn! That's the my, hottest take I've ever heard of in my Leafie. Eh? My, 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 my boy Kawhi blows. I think it's just Paul Jordan's trash. I'm excited to see what happens with the Celtics. I think they're going to hot sell that entire team besides Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown, I would think, has got to stick around. Yeah. I think he's going to – I think now that Brad Stevens is going to the front office, I think they're going to sell pretty much that. I think Marcus Smart's going to get let go. I'd imagine they're going to trade Kemba. 
Do you, like, what do you get for Kemba? He still has like $73 million left on his contract. I know. I don't think they get like a first, but they might get like a decent like role player maybe. Maybe a second. Do you – is that one of those situations where you tr- – it, it's kind of like Russell Westbrook and John Wall was where you just trade a high-paid guy for another high-paid uh, guy? Could be. Yeah, you could – possibly see that or like a low end first like maybe to someone who wins the championship this year or is close to try to get another piece you know what i mean yeah like what like what if the bucks make it to the eastern conference finals and like lose like who's to say they don't trade like that like 30th pick or whatever it would be for him to get a point guard for Giannis to play with but but i guess i guess my thing is does milwaukee have money yeah i suppose Probably not. I mean, they, they got, honest, they got 143 money. against the cap next year. Yeah. Chris Chris Middleton's making 35-5. Giannis is making 39-3. They just traded for Drew Holiday, who's making 31. I mean, unless you flip Holiday, do they do they flip Holiday and something for Kemba? I can see that. Yeah. I mean, Larry Sanders wasn't played in the league in like five years and still getting. He's on that Bobby Bonilla deal where he's still getting paid. He's on that Brett Favre deal where he played one season and then decided he didn't want to play no more. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like you know, I mean, and Drew. But that's the thing about Drew Holiday is he's on the books till 2024 when he's got a player option for 38.5. He he ain't throwing away 38.5 million. So you now have to pay Drew Holiday for four years if you trade for him. Yeah, just crazy. So I don't know what happens. Giannis is making forty-eight seven that year, forty-eight eight. Seven times payroll in the league. Milwaukee. Oh, no, Milwaukee. Mo- <laughs> I'm excited thought, to see who Brad Stevens picks as his head coach, though. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they do. Does um, you know, I mean, you have a few different things you can look at with. Yeah with uh, what you want to do with that front office. Um, damn, that's tough, man. That's a, that's a, that's a good problem, I think, to have, but yeah. also a bad problem. Because Brad Stevens, you know, he was a fantastic coach. Yeah, no, he, he was, was very good, yeah. He was a very good coach. And Danny Ainge was – I thought he did a great job. And obviously, he had that mild heart attack 2019 – the COVID season last year weighed in on a lot. He ages sixty-two, so I understand he 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 retired. But man, it's just like I don't know. Brad Stevens stepping in, I think he's going to do good. But I don't know. I you know they're Jerome Allen, Scott Morrison gets a look. I don't know Jay Laranaga. Um, you know, Jerome Allen has been on the Boston bench since 2015. Yeah. Naga was on that Boston staff from before Stevens even got there in 2012. You know, maybe they just promote him. Maybe. Um, I'd imagine they'd want to go after a big name, though, like a big name to bring big-time free agents in. Because I'd imagine that the big three in Brooklyn, one of them is going to have to go. I'd assume, I'm, I'd assume they don't have enough money to pay all three of them. What about, um, 
you know, uh, assistant coach. Uh, where he's what is he? He's an assistant on the Clippers right now. Uh, Chauncey Billups. Well, that could be. Yeah, he could get a shot. That'd be a good one because he was a player, so he knows like how to deal with that. Um, you know, Sam Cassell. I know he's well. been he's been coaching with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is a Celtics tie-in. I mean, Doka, who has been under Popovich, which Popovich. What about a you know? Speaking of Popovich, what about a guy like uh, or excuse me, a guy. What about somebody like? Oh no, no, I'm gonna take that. I was thinking Becky Hamilton. Oh yeah, um, who's like the first assistant? But she, I think, I think she's almost getting groomed to take Popovich's spot in San Antonio. That's what I'd assume too. Yeah. It's going to be also interesting to see what the Timberwolves do since they're moving to Seattle anyway. <laughs> you know, Lloyd Pierce, the Atlanta Hawks coach, maybe with how well he's doing in Atlanta this year, they throw money at him. Could be. Uh, um, Jason Kidd, who's an assistant for the Lakers, he could be somebody. So, I mean, they got options. You know, pass that bitch like Boston. Pass that bitch like <laughs> 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 Brand new whip just hopped in. Brand new whip just hopped in. <sighs> um, Cara Lawson is a assistant for the the Suns. Um, she left the the Celtics and became the head coach of uh, the Duke women's team. But she was NBA bond with Boston, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. There's some shakeup going down, and I I'm kind of intrigued to see what's going to happen with it. Chauncey Bill, I hope Chauncey Billups gets in. That'd be tight as fuck. It could be Chauncey was a didn't he get picked by the Celtics in like in one of the drafts? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he played. 1997 for him. NBA draft. I think it was 97. Chauncey Billups won third behind Tim Duncan and Keith Van Horn. To the Boston Celtics. What about Kendrick Perkins? That'd be t- Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, Boston had uh, the number six pick, and they took Ron Mercer from Kentucky too. Oh, and Antonio Daniels. That was a trash pick. He went number four to the Grizzlies. And you want you want to know what the trashest pick is? Huh. When the Timberwolves took Johnny Flynn, Ricky Rubio, and whoever that other guy was in Steph Curry. Ty Lawson? There you go. <laughs> Who else we should have took? We should have taken DeMar DeRozan. Or Clay. Clay Thompson. He wanted to play here. Clay was the – that was the uh, the Derek, Derek uh, Williams draft. Yeah. Who the fuck is Derek? Where is Derek Williams now? Nowhere. Yeah, where's Clay now? <laughs> Two torn ACLs, still making millions. He's still tight. <laughs> I'd still rather have one or two. Now look at this 97 draft. You got you got Tim Duncan, first pick who might be the greatest power forward ever. Number two, Keith Van Horn. Number three was Chauncey. Number four, Antonio Daniels. Number five, Tony Batie. Number six, Ron Mercer. Number seven, Tim Thomas. Number eight, Donald Foyle. Number nine was T-Mac. Number 10 was Danny Fortson. What an awful draft. Yeah, he was a Cincinnati Bearcat. 
The Kings then took Tariq Abdul-Wahad, Austin Crozier, Derek Anderson, Kelvin Cato. What an awful draft. You want to hear some shit? Here, here, we'll spend the last four minutes talking about this. Ready? So this is the, the team the Timberwolves could have formed. Are you ready? Yep. In 2008, the Minnesota Timberwolves traded their third pick, O.J. Mayo, for Kevin Love. Russell Westbrook was picked number four by Oklahoma City. In 2009, we know about this one, the Minnesota Timberwolves selected Ricky Rubio fifth, Johnny Flynn sixth, and Steph Curry was picked seventh. Curry, wasn't, also, Curry will even try for us. Just, just yeah, but still, still. And, oh, this is a good one. Ready? In 2010, Minnesota chose Wesley Johnson with the fourth. Do you know who the fifth pick was in 2010? No. Boogie Cousins. Paul George was like was in that draft, though, too. Yeah. And then in 2000 and – hold on. In 2011 – so this is players they missed by one pick is what this is. In 2011, okay. Minnesota selected Derek Williams with the second pick, and Enos Cantor went with the third pick. Oh, this one's gonna hurt. You ready for? The, are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves drafted Shabazz Muhammad with the 14th pick in the 2012 draft. The next pick was a man known as the Greek Freak at the 15th yep. pick. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, and me and my buddy Josh at the time were going. We got to take the dude from Greece. We got to yeah. take the dude from Greece, man. Let's take a foreign guy for once. Yeah. And then we also didn't. in the. Also in the first round of the 2013 well, we didn't draft, draft Muhammad, by the way. We tra- we drafted um, Trey Burke and then traded him for Shabazz yeah. Muhammad. Yeah, and then also in the 2013, uh, with the 26th pick, we took Malcolm Brown, um, traded Malcolm Brown to Golden State for second round. Rudy Gobert was the 27th pick. <laughs> we could have had Gobert, Giannis, Clay Thompson, Paul George. And yeah. Ricky Rubio. As and, then in, and then oh. in the next draft, Minnesota drafted Glenn Robinson with the 40th pick in the second round. Denver drafted future all-star Nikola Jokic at the 41st spot. <laughs> yeah, but who would have known Jokic would have, but that's still just Minnesota's luck. Yeah. So here, oh. here's, here's in the summary. Ready? So in summary, the Minnesota Timberwolves could have potentially had a team consisting of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Russell Westbrook, Demarcus Cousins, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jeff Teague, Ennis Cantor, Rudy Gobert, Nikolai Jokic, and Danny Green all drafted in a six-year span, which they would have all played together. God, I hate being a Timberwolves fan. We're like <laughs> we're like the Browns of the NFL. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, next week, guys, we got two more NFL teams. Our week three picks, some more real MVPs, some more Uber facts. And I'm going to try to get Chris Wentz. We're going to do some NHL draft breakdown next week. we got a bunch of guests. we got a lot of talking. you got a lot of listening to do. Thank you all for coming in. Once again, this show is not trash. And we'll see you next week.